Hello, there everybody. We go. Hello, welcome. Welcome to... back. Episode 20, Robbie. This was in the top 1% of podcasts because we made it this far, which is very, it. very nice. Look at us. Look at us. Look at, Look us. at us. Well done. Clap. Well done. High five. Good stuff. Virtual, virtual high five because yep. we are not sitting in the same room today. Yeah, for the first time, we're recording a podcast um, not in the same room. So we've gone outside of the studio um, for a couple of reasons. Um, but we're kind of hope, hoping to be in a new studio soon. So um, I bought a mic two days ago and it arrived yesterday. Um, and Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. It's yeah. not, They may treat their workers like shit, but they get they get the job done. And that's yeah. what I'm then, um, then poorly treated workers get that get that kit here very quickly. Well, that's the thing. All the other delivery drivers are clearly taking toilet breaks, and these guys can't. It's a, they're not allowed, and that's why we get our shit early. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and I'm at the moment it's wigging me out a little bit because this the picture on the screen, my mouth is slightly behind with what I'm saying. So I've just got to try not to look at my my own face on the screen because it's <laughs> it's a rule I live by. Don't look at Robbie. Yeah, life will be much better for not looking at Robbie. You've been really mean to me today, Andy. I've I've given you some shit this week. Yeah, you've been real angry. I was like, yeah, <laughs> you, you snapped yesterday because I questioned why you were eating bolognese at 10 o'clock in the morning. I wasn't saying it was weird. I wasn't saying it was dumb. I didn't have an issue with it. I was just, I was more trying to start a conversation about our meal times. And instead of being like, oh, I ate breakfast at 5 30 this morning so i'm hungry again so i'm oh, having right. 10 isn't weird because it's basically yeah. midday for me yeah instead of doing that you were like oh fucking eat my fucking <laughs> obviously that's not a good irish accent but my point is you were it was terrible but i wasn't trying I to do it i wasn't in the mood to be questioned yeah I you have to eat my bolognese in peace and be done with it it's been different because for most of December, I was in a shitty mood and you were having to deal with me being in a shitty mood. But now to this week, you've been in a shitty mood and I don't care for it. The funny thing is I haven't actually been in a shitty mood. I've just been a bit shitty with you for a few you times. You snapped at me three times. I didn't snap. I'm just taking the piss. Um, well, yeah. Anyway. I've been speaking really quietly this week, which has been fucking me off something fierce. I haven't care about it. Yeah, look. I, You're like whispering at people. You need to speak up, mate. I, I do generally need to speak up some like I don't like being that loud person in a public space. Um, it's not about being loud, it's just about being audible. Yeah, but like I get nervous that other people think I'm being loud. So yeah, I just need to re- reduce my insecurities. But that one specific moment was when we were in the foyer of the gym and I was trying to recount um, the Instagram post that I'd just seen of Prince Harry talking about his dick. And I was like, I don't want to be talking about Prince Harry's dick. I'm about his dick and his mum. Yeah. I think about his mum putting cream on his dick. Since that conversation, I've actually heard the audio clip. Like, it's it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. And I didn't want to say that too loudly in the foyer of our place of business. I just thought. Yeah, that's fair enough. And because there was a lot of noise going on, I can understand why I would have been hard to hear. So I'm not going to get annoyed at you for being like, speak up. But also, there was a reason why I was speaking low. We're still friends, which is the main thing. Yeah, I'm not sure. We're still acquaintances and podcast <laughs> This is and this is weird life. because I think we're having the chat right now that we would usually have before we hit record, but because obviously we're not in the same room. <laughs> yeah, true. There's been less shit talk prior to hitting record, but anyway, welcome we, everybody. We'll sol- we'll soldier on and, and start talking talking business. 
exactly. Welcome, uh, welcome back, everyone, to the Better Blokes podcast, where we are just two blokes trying to be a little bit better, a little bit less of shit content, all that. Yeah, nice. Um, so hit like, follow, subscribe, all the buttons, rate us, post us on Instagram, tag us at Better Blokes Podcasts. Um, don't be a coward. Anyone that's listening to this and hasn't done that yet, you are officially a coward until you do it. Oh, you could call them shit constable. We'll see. They're, they're listening, so at least they're making an effort. Yeah, sound for doing that. They're just it's it's cowardice to not put it in the public domain. Yeah, fair. Um, Ethan, while you're doing your meal prep, just take two minutes to uh, to chuck it up in your story. Not even uh, seconds. Yeah, should we open up yeah. See, the nice thing because we are now obviously recording remotely, we don't have to be having non-alcoholic beverages. So I've actually found myself in the fridge a sugar-free. Vodka Guava Cruiser. Is that because it's the only alcoholic beverage you had in the fridge and you wanted to make an, like a stand on having an alcoholic beverage? It's not that I want to make a stand. I have no non-alcoholic beers in the fridge and it's the only alcoholic thing other than like a bottle of wine. Should have cracked a bottle of red. Oh, no. I'll go open the Shiraz now, let it breathe for a little bit and I'll have it for the last 10 minutes. All right. Well, I've got the same Four Pines Ultra Low uh Bad non-alcoholic beer from last week, so I'm not. I enjoyed that. It was nice. It was three, two, one. Doesn't have the same effect because we're not in the same room, but no, it doesn't. Four Pines just smells really nice. I think Four Pines is so fruity. It's pretty fucking fruitier that than that vodka yeah. cruiser. I like I, the Four Pines specific goes hard. I reckon it's yeah. It doesn't really stand up to stone wood, but it does really well. No, it's not. It's not as good as stone and wood, but I mean, not much is. Actually, yeah. speaking of stone and wood, one of the boys was in Byron um, oh, yeah. over the last few days, and I think like receipts from Byron have been doing the rounds on the news. It's gotten that expensive up there. It's fine. You're talking like eighteen dollars a pint, or like close to it, like seventeen sixty or something like that. I was having. That, I think they were ridiculous. I think it was a midi. So it was. I think it was like a half pint, like a five hundred mil at the Stone and Wood Brewery. It's like, bro, you fucking brew it here, like. You don't need to transport it. You don't need preservatives. It should be cheaper on site than it is yeah. at a pub. And it was like fucking ten bucks for a, like a yeah. half pint. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's, it's absolutely shocking. Carry on, and I'm going up to Byron Maker. Going up to Byron on Australia Day, so on the 26th. I'm going up that long weekend. Boo. Um. Yeah, the wallet's going to take a hit if I'm having a few beers. So yeah. I might just stick to water, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just stick to, stick to waters and uh. Baker Babs, sugar-free cruisers. Baker Babs, actually. So it's there's two kebab shops opposite the Beach Road Hotel. Yeah, the one closer to the roundabout. In my humble yet honest opinion, uh, 2014 schoolies best kebab ever. You've been back to Byron, have you been back there? Uh yes. But last time I was there, I didn't have a kebab because I wasn't in that class. No, I meant have you been back to Kebabless? So I have. Um, oh. Didn't stand up the last time I went there, but I'm not sure if I went to the right place. I don't remember. I was pretty drunk. All right. Well, I'm not going to take that recommendation. I might steer clear of any sort of kebab place in Byron. Yeah, I, I'd probably recommend not getting kebabs just in general, but if you were going to get a kebab. Yeah. There's nicer and also kind of like less fucking calorically dense fast food options just yeah. everywhere. Not just in Byron, but yeah. Oh, yeah. All righty. Um, we actually have a, uh, a bit of a plan today. 
Um, yeah, you've you've come up with this one. I'm flying blind, but this is yeah. uh, this is all that Robbie's doing. So part of the point of this, so I, I pretty much I spotted this uh, this post on Instagram that a friend of mine uh, shared. Shout out Taff Williams, um, and it was it's called ten must know Japanese concepts that will improve your life. Sometimes we just don't have the words. So essentially, they're just Japanese like words that have a meaning um, that are essentially like a concept of how you should live your life. Um, and I'm going to read them out and then Andy's going to live react to them and we're just going to discuss them, um, which I thought would be pretty cool. And Andy agreed. So if you don't think that's cool, um, I don't care. This is my podcast, so you can get fucked. Yeah, okay. um, question for you, though, before you do crack on. So is it like is it like there's a Japanese symbol that there's no direct translation, but roughly this is the phrase that it means? Or yeah. is it like, you know, have you, ever, have you ever read the Book of Five Rings by Miyamoto Musashi? I haven't. I'd say it's pretty similar. If he's a Japanese bloke, it's probably they're probably out of there. He's a bit more than Japanese bloke. He was a he's one of the last samurai. I think he was a samurai when they were kind of starting to die out, but he'd still go around like traveling and fighting people. Yeah, and, like the Book of Five Rings is his like life learnings from being a traveling bloke who killed people. Yeah, for fun and money. They they're essentially like yeah, they're Japanese words that have like a meaning, um, and okay. like it's like a concept, and then uh, they're kind of like. Well, yeah, English just doesn't, English doesn't have it as succinctly, so you, I, I have to explain it in English as opposed to just the word. I suppose the, the easiest way to explain it is to just crack on, I suppose. Just fucking have a go. Lucky, I mean, I grew up learning Japanese, and I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce it. Hang, hang on, hang on. What the f- You grew up learning Japanese? Which? In school? High school, yeah. I did four years in Japanese high school. Japanese yeah. in high school? Yeah. We do fucking French and German, and that's it. Well, we had French, German, or Japanese, and I did Japanese because I wanted to be different. Yeah. Uh, is there any other problems? Huh? Do people do like obviously is in the like Indonesian or Chinese? You know, nah, uh, Chinese is starting to pop up now. Well, like Mandarin. What um, is Japanese in school? Like, what's the? Uh, I didn't pick. It was just there, and just there. my brother did it, and I did it. I was really fucking good at it in the first two years. In the second really? year, in the do second you remember year, anything? Uh, very little. Uh, no. Well, uh, even when you haven't. Sp- Learn Japanese before. I'm expecting your pronunciation on these fucking things to be. Well, that's the thing. This first word, I'm not actually 100 percent sure how to pronounce it, so I'm gonna have a crack and we'll go from there. Ubaitori. Uh, Sorry, say it again. Ubaitori. I was expecting the pronunciation to be a bit better. Yeah, that's a, that's the thing because it's an O U B A I, and I'm not used to it. it's Ubaitori, but like I can't. Yeah. Anyway, let's go on. It's Robbie's never, not Japanese. No, I'm very white. Uh, never compare yourself. Everyone blossoms in their own time in different ways. Don't judge yourself by someone else's path. Fuck yeah. Yeah. That, that's my reaction to that. Like, because at the end of the day, like your own opinion of kind of success and fulfillment is going to be very different than the fucking person standing beside you. Like everyone has their own level of fulfillment or ways that they get fulfillment and joy from life. Mm. So if you're if you're fucking stuck comparing yourself to the next bloke and the bloke beside him and so on and so forth, well then you're never going to be able to find that kind of fulfillment within your own life. Like, for example, obviously at 25 and getting married this year, I'm at a very different stage in life than kind of a lot of 25 year olds. Like, people who are my age find it weird that yeah. I'm getting married at this age. I do. But, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're a prime example. You find it very strange, and you've made that very clear. Um, strange. It's just hard for my brain to comprehend it. It's yeah, but it, like nowadays, it's not. 
it's it's less common for someone at 25 to get married yeah like at, at that age but to me like i've been with kira by the time we're by the time we get married at the end of the year we'll be like three or four months shy of 10 years together Jesus. so yeah and like that's what we both know what we want from life so it's gonna where like that's the direction that we want to happen and that we want to take at this moment in time mm. and that's different than, than a lot of other 25 year olds and people have told me like kind of how, how strange i find it and that's absolutely fine because they do and like we're all on our own individual journey but we all find fulfillment and joy from different things and i'd say that i'd say it's almost like um that makes sense in my head i hope it makes sense when i say it yeah it did yeah but like almost the, the people that like if i come if someone comes to you and says i find that strange that you're doing something different i don't think they actually think it's weird. It's just that they have a vision and a version of the world. And this is exactly what this means. They have a vision and a version of the world. It's what they see. And what has happened is you've told them that you're about to get married. And in their head, they go, I'm the same age or older than this bloke. And I'm nowhere near the point where I want to get married. So rather than it's because they can't, as I said, I can't comprehend it because they can't comprehend that lack of comprehension comes out as I think you're weird as opposed to it being, I just don't understand. Yeah, but that, that's it. Like, we all view life through our own individual lens. We yeah. all, like, our own individual life experiences and and kind of things that we've been through. So we end yeah. up with different, it might be different kind of, not qualities, but different perspectives and different outlooks and, and yeah. yeah, like, different values at the end of the yeah. day. Yeah, well, the thing is, like, your, your opinions are shaped by your values and your values are shaped by your experiences. As you mentioned before, like, you grew up, in a, a part of the world where it was very normal for people to get married young. When I say young, get married at the age that you're getting married at. Like you said, your parents got married at the same age. Kira's parents got married at the same age. You're well, getting married earlier, like early. I think my parents got married at like 25 and 26, which is what? Yeah. I think me and Kira would be 26, 27 when the day comes around. But like Kira's parents got married at 21, 23. Yeah. So it's like. In and, that, and that was common. Yeah. For you, this is normal. Previous. You're now out in Australia where even like my parents got married at late 30s. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, how old are your parents now? What, in their late, late, late 50s? Mid 50s, yeah. Mid 50s, yeah. So my parents are in their mid 60s. My parents were 10 years older than your parents when they got married. So in my head, I consider them late getting married, but in my head, I see it as like a, my, my vision More- is like a 30, yeah. 35 is where you kind of want to aim. So you're just five years ahead of where I am in terms of relationship development, which is because you've been going out with Kira for 10, almost 10 years. So it's like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that, that's what happens when you kind of meet someone when you're, oh, I was 16. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, obviously we've gone on the tangent of like your specific experience but like it's it's not uncommon for me to speak to someone that might just be a friend like not even a um a client or a potential client who said that like oh i feel like when i'm in the gym people are judging me and it's usually it comes from you're actually judging other people and you think well if i'm judging someone they must be judging me too yeah whereas like, the reality is like, you know, if I go into the gym and I set up the squat rack and, you know, I mean, I, I'm not a super strong squatter and I'm really, I take a lot of time and care on how I squat and trying to be good at the technique rather and the skill rather than just lifting heavy. But I could go set up the squat rack and put, you know, today I was on 85 kilos. I think I was doing for 
if I then had Dave set up next to me and I never met Dave before and he chucked on what it, like 140 or whatever he's been doing, I'm going to feel like shit because the guy next to me is dropping 60 kilos heavier on his squat. But realistically, I don't know anything. Like let's say I don't know anything about this, like Dave next to me. I don't know how long he's been training for. I don't know like what his background is. I don't know like his skill level, like I don't know anything about that. So it's like for me to compare myself to him, it's me comparing myself to someone who could be anywhere between 10 to 15 years more experienced than me. And naturally, if someone's been doing something for 10 or 15 years more, they're going to be better at it than you. Yeah. And especially like when it comes to an exercise like squatting as well, people are put together differently, like mm. different limb lengths, which means different leverages, which means different exercises suit different people, different exercise variations suit different people. For example, like, if you have like a rather large rib cage when it comes to bench press and you have short fucking arms, you're going to be a better bench presser than someone who is six foot two or three is quite slender and has fucking go, go gadget arms and they yeah. can touch it on the other side of, of, a, of a room. Yeah. And that's, there's no way to fix, not that you need to fix it, but there's no way around that. Like you can't change it. Like that is different individuals that just put yeah. together differently, which means different exercises suit you. And if you kind of, if you forget that and you or you don't ever really think about it, you'll all you can get stuck in that in that kind of trap of comparing yourself to others without comparing yourself to others without taking factors and variables like that into account. Exactly. Along with something like extra years of experience, like obviously Dave would have, have over you or me. Yeah, and it like a personal um, feeling was like when I've been in the pool swimming, obviously for the triathlon training. Um, and someone is swimming faster than me, my my initial reaction is like, fuck, i got to beat this guy. Like i got to catch back up to him and go past them. Like I can't have this person going faster than me in the pool. And then it's like, wait a second, Robbie, you've actually been like swimming like consistently for like just over a year. Like not, yeah, just over a year now. And it's like compared, like this bloke may have been swimming since he was five. And you have no way of knowing that. And he, you just, all you see is someone and what they look like swimming. So I'm like, it's, the, I think this is a really good concept because it's like, you got, it's a way of kind of like removing your ego and being like, it's okay to feel like not only that other people are ahead of you, but also that you're, like, as we said, your path is different to theirs. Yeah. And another thing as well, like when you're in the gym and you, you feel like people are judging you, it is almost, always like probably 99% of the, of the time people aren't because they're too busy fucking focusing on themselves. They might mm. look like they're looking your way, but they're fucking away in their own little world. They're away with the fairies earphones are in, or they're staring at themselves in the mirror or a lot of the time people are fucking bollocks and they're just kind of waiting around for the next set. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not common or it's less common than people think it is to be judged within the gym. Yes. Yeah. There's people are in every scenario within life. There's always going to be people that will judge you, but a lot of the time people are just kind of focused on what they're doing and they don't really care. And even if they are judging you, yeah, chances- they do fuck, fuck them as well. Well, if, if they are judging you, chances are they're not going to say anything about it because that would be a real cunty thing to do. And if they that did, be really cunty thing to do. yeah, if they did, if they did, ju- if they were judging you and they came up and they were like, Hey, you know, you were blah, blah, blah. And we're real dick about it. Then yeah, go fuck them. <laughs> Shit people. All right, moving on to concept numero duo, so number two. Actually, I should say um, concept uh, ni, which is the Japanese word for two. Ni. Ich, ni, san, go, roku, shichi, hachi, kyu, ju. Fuck. Oh, that was a bit loud. Sorry, I just 
remember that on the spot. So, I just said one counter to ten in Japanese. Fuck, I thought, see, me, that could have been the most fucking profound sentence that you've ever said in your whole life. <laughs> it was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I don't know if I even got to ten. I think I might have stopped at nine. Um, so, concept ni, uh, kaizen. Uh, that means continue- hmm? you have, yeah. So continuously yeah. improve, constantly strive to improve across all areas of your life. Small changes accumulate and make all the difference. It's fucking just that's fucking like hammer, nail, bang on the head. Just keep and, going. Yeah, just small, small changes stacked on top of each other compound over time to big changes. We've been talking, obviously, we talk a lot about it, James Clear and um, Atomic Habits and, you know, the small changes accumulate and make all the difference. That's exactly exactly what that book is about. Um, If you haven't read it, do yourself a favor. um, It's it's an easy read as well. It's not not hard. It's not one of these. It's a big book, but it's big words with lots of space. The actual font size is big, which is nice. It's nice Mm -hmm. if, if you read it in bed before going to sleep, having a a book with a bigger font makes a fucking huge difference. Mm. Do you ever try and read, like, um, I read The 5am Club by Robin Sharma and the font is really small. It took me ages to read because I, as I'd start getting tired, I couldn't see a thing. I was just seeing, like, black squiggles. Mm. Whereas with something like Atomic Habits where the actual, they use a bigger font, much easier to read. You can read for longer at night. I, um, I used to try, I tried to read Thinking Fast and Slow before bed. And that is, like, you you would get through one page a night because just underst- understanding it when you're awake is hard. <laughs> is it some like I, I haven't read it? I haven't. No, so it's a, it's is it's some like out there concepts or does it just dive deep or was it? It it dives deep into the reasons and the reasons we think the way we think and why we think the way we think, um, and a lot of concepts like heuristics which is like when you um for an uh, like an example is when how our brain is programmed to make instant decisions on based off of pre-recorded information so that in, in as a safety measure so that we can predict the behavior of certain things so for instance you see me walk into the gym with a top knot you think people with top knots are cunts. You go, that guy's a cunt, so that when I behave like a cunt, you are prepared for it. But then there's the fact that we are also very, very likely to uh, get the initial reaction wrong, as you did, because you were like, that guy's a cunt, and then I turned out to be a cunt, but a a good cunt. That is the most accurate fucking prediction I've ever made in my life. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, we have a tendency to, like, our brain will make a prediction as a like almost like a protection method, like a safety method, but it will actually get it wrong, but it will not have the ability to reconcile the fact that it got it wrong. So it will think, so let's say you were like, Robbie's a cunt, and then I ended up not being a cunt. I ended up being a really good bloke. In your head, typically, unless I do something dr- drastic to change your opinion, in your head, typically, you'll keep thinking this guy's a cunt. Interesting. Really good example. I used to hate Post Malone's music, and it took so long for me to accept the fact that I liked his music. Yeah, I don't know much of his music, but he has a few. But my initial reaction to one of his earlier songs from when I was like in high school 
I disliked it and I disliked it because of it was like something to do with the like I didn't like the lyrics. I thought the like and so I disliked him because I disliked the song and it took me probably six years to come to terms with the fact that I did actually like his music. So that's an example of thinking fast and slow. So imagine it's you've just been awake for sixteen hours. Done you yeah. had your whole day, you're in bed. Like on the more difficult side of the scale of the graphs compared to something like the Atomic Habits, which are or which is a book based on what at the end of the day are very simple concepts and it's just really about kind of how to action them and how to incorporate them within the, within your day to day life. Exactly. Like yeah. Two books on two different sides of the spectrum. Yeah. But I guess like obviously that was just an example that we were a bit of a tangent there. But Kaizen, the the concept. So the idea is just that like again, it's kind of a stripping of ego because it's like you it's understanding that you're never in a place to not get better. Um that imperf- you are you will always be imperfect and the only way to sort of handle that is to can you continuously try to improve and learn more and be better. Yeah. Funny that because I use that I that's something that I say to clients quite a bit when um, and it's normally with like a compound list where they feel like they're not get not fully maybe grasping the concept or we're working on a particular aspect of technique that's breaking down and we're kind of trying to improve it and maybe not quite going that way or they're like oh I'm getting this bit but this bit is still a bit shit so on and so forth I'm like well yeah you've been deadlifting for fucking eight weeks. 12 weeks fucking only six months you're not going to be perfect at it and realistically you are never going to be perfect at it the fucking best deadlifters in the world are never going to be perfect deadlifters because there's always room for growth there's always room to get better like you're never going to know like sometimes there will be like upper echelons of say performance like for so long for decades nobody thought anyone could like they thought it was physically impossible to break like the four minute mile until Roger Bannister did it, and then fucking everyone. Now it's, now it's a high school athlete. Common, yeah, like it's very common for high level athletes to break the four minute mile. It's just it's not like the it's not the holy grail anymore of like oh this is the upper echelon this is the kind of people cannot perform past this benchmark. Once yeah. one once one once one person does it and shows that it's possible, they kind of open Pandora's box to show like, oh yeah, shit, there's, we can go beyond this, which is what, what we previously thought was the limit. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, um, Kip Chogi's just done the two hour, two hour marathon. So we'll, uh, I wonder if we'll start to see a few more people start to beat that. Interesting fact about Kip Chogi, you might've seen this on the Melbourne strength podcast. He has a worse VO2 max than his, like the next like five ranked runners in the world, but he's just He's so much technically better that he's faster than them. Yeah, but so he could be fitter. Like he could, he could be fitter and do better than that mile than that pace. But also as well, like when you get to that kind of level of athlete, um, like you can keep improving them, keep improving them. But like you almost don't want to change what they're doing because they're doing it so well. Like he's the best at what he does. Yeah. So why would why would you make his VO two max better when well, it'd just be him getting fitter? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but also, at the moment, he doesn't need to. And tiny, he's like five foot two. Well, I mean, yeah, like typically. I mean, you got to be to run that fast, like. Yeah, you can't be. It's less surface area, so let's drag. Also, do you know it's? Well, I wouldn't say it's disheartening because he's obviously the best marathon runner. 
um, that's ever lived. That he runs or, a marathon faster than you run a half marathon. Yeah, that's mad. Like trying to run at double the over double the speed that I do, and Gunt doesn't look tired when he's finished as well, which is mad. Yeah. Uh, concept Sun. Sun. Concept Sun. So that means three. Uh, Wabi oh, Sun. That Sun meant three, considering three comes after two. But go on. Sorry, go on. Just wabi sabi uh embrace imperfection bruh i just said that sorry Nothing. can you say like, say the actual japanese term again wabi sabi embrace imperfection so nothing lasts nothing is complete except your own flaws and those of others find beauty in imperfection that kind of goes back to what we were just saying on the previous point of you're never gonna be perfect you can always like realistically all you can strive is to be better every day better every week and just kind of follow that i think we talked about the podcast episode this and it's it's a term that i've used with clients quite a bit it's the continuous like the continuous pursuit of self-improvement mm. because it's you ne- there's no end point there's well, no I think like, when it comes to just getting better at anything whether yeah. it's fucking, could be playing a guitar could be lifting weights could be anything in between you're never going to be perfect at it you can always just get better and yeah the best people at anything know that they're not perfect and know they could always be better. The, the I think, what makes them the best is they continuously strive for that growth. Sorry, I didn't want to cut. Don't cut me off, you can't. I thought you were done. I, 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 I paused for a breath. Okay. It, my bad. I'm sorry, I shouldn't cut you off. That, you that's okay. What were you going to say, Ruby? Um I was going to say that, I mean, the beauty I don't is... care. Sorry. The beauty is... <laughs> That was good, actually. I like that. <laughs> um, I mean, like, what, obviously, we talk about like the continuous, like, uh, like search of improvement. But I think one of the uh, what the beauty of this um, concept is, and it, he actually uses fine the words "fine beauty," is is that imperfection is okay and it's normal, and it's not even that you need to be consistently trying to be perfect. Sometimes it is just accepting. I mean. I have to accept that I look the way I look every time I see myself in the mirror, <laughs> and that's my imperfection. <laughs> you look lovely. What are you talking about? <laughs> but no, like the like, it's the idea that you can accept that there will be you. You're not going to be perfect at everything. Like, um, great quote, Albert Einstein: "If you judge a fish's ability on its a uh, judge a fish on its ability to climb a tree, it's going to spend its entire life thinking it's a moron." Is it's that not, a real quote, or is that just something that kind of does the rounds on like? I don't know. I wasn't there. It could be. It might not be. The, it's a good point, though. <laughs> it, it, it is. It's a great point. I just the reason I say that is because I think it was Chris Williamson interviewed a bloke who was an expert in Marcus Aurelius on his podcast, and this was months ago. It might even be over a year ago, now, and he was saying that the amount, the amount of quotes online that are attributed to Marcus Aurelius that are bollocks. Yeah, and that and that's not just a phenomenon with Marx Aurelius. That's just a phenomenon with yeah. with everybody. Like people will just assign quotes to random fuckers who, because it sounds kind of smart, like oh maybe he said it. I can get on Canva now, get a weird image as a background, and then type. Um, Andy has a not great moustache, Gandhi, and there's a solid chance someone will repeat that. I actually remember when he said that. Um, funny story. This is a this is a tangent that has absolutely nothing to do with what we're talking about. Funny story. You know the way, like back in like the early 2010s, when Tumblr was a thing, yeah, and like Tumblr quotes were a thing, 
Yeah, that was rife for it because you would put any name underneath and people would be like, yeah, that's that's true. This, they'd go, they go, this, yeah, 100%. So there's a particular quote that made it onto like one of these like Tumblr things and there was this beautiful background of like a, a, a seascape but it was nighttime, there was stars in the sky and the quote was, and it wasn't attributed to anyone on the on the post, but it was, you have to be lucky every time we only have to be lucky once. And that quote is from the IRA to Margaret Thatcher, <laughs> about how she had to be lucky every time. They only had to be lucky once when they were trying to bomb her and kill her. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and oh that is the God. most internet thing. That is so good. IRA threat to Margaret Thatcher. And I bet as an as like a proud Irishman, you're just like you and all your Irish buddies are seeing that and you're like, yeah, yeah, fuck it. Like, yeah. Good it's, in a, it's a great quote. <laughs> yeah, I mean there's one as it's like um with great power comes great responsibility. And who's who said that? Who said that? Who said that? It was fucking Uncle Ben in Spider Man. The chap on the rice packets. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah like that's a, a pretty good indication of that um but yeah circling back maybe it was <laughs> said by albert einstein maybe it wasn't but um yeah like judging yourself on your on your imperfections rather than looking at what you are good at um even if you just need a small win just be like don't be like oh i'm not good at maths be like i'm good at english wow that was you fucking neat I'm not good at Japanese, I tell you that. But I haven't I haven't practiced it since 2012, so that would be yeah. make And you're obviously better than me at Japanese. Clearly, yeah. I can read some of it. <laughs> uh, I thought you put a bit more oomph into the, into the pronunciation. Well, I don't want to be there. sitting here as a white man and be like, oh, very good. <laughs> <laughs> God, but sometimes some, when you speak a language, like you actually put the accent. Like if you speak French, you would put on a bit of a French accent. To make the words sound as French as you could, yeah, but uh, I'm not like that. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I'm just saying that this is another what you do. Um, have you heard of the Scottish comedian Danny Boy? It like half rings a bell, but yeah. I might be thinking of Danny Boyle, the director. Okay, well, he um he has this bit about how when he's in a foreign country and someone asks him for directions, he starts speaking in the accent of the foreign country, and then people are like, "Oh, are you from here?" And he's like, "No." So someone will be like, um, they'll be in like he'll be in France and in Paris, and someone will be like, "Oh, how do you get to the Eiffel Tower?" He goes, "Oh, you go over there, and then you go down the canal, and then it's, it's down the road, and then it's there." And then they're like, "Oh, are you French?" And he's like, "No." <laughs> It's just fucking silly. It's just an idiot. That's a point. Um, uh, concept Roku. Um, gaman. See, I think that doesn't look like a Japanese word to me. If I saw the Japanese symbols, I'd be able to pronounce it because it just says G-A-M-A-N. It's not. Oh, gaman. Uh, have dignity during duress. Hard times need to be met with emotional maturity and self-control. We need patience, perseverance, and tolerance. Do you want to know what I hear from that? What? Don't complain like a little bitch when things don't go your way. Yeah, I mean that's the like, that, that's yeah. Really, things are never always going to go your way. Like you got to handle a situation, stay calm, composed, and yeah, just react to it like a fucking grown man or woman or woman or they. Um, 
Yeah, I think 100%. I think the point is that like as as human beings, um, and I mean, you see it all the time these days with social media and you see like Karen's like, you know, videos of people freaking out because, you know, they got their uh, quadruple decaf mocha frappe latte with extra drizzle, no whip, whatever was caffeinated and they lose their shit. Um, that's a, that's not a hard time, but like, I think generally as a, a population, if we all acted as if like when things don't go our way, instead of getting upset that they've not gone our way, we go, all right, how can we make it go our way? Or how can we fix it? Or how can we deal with this? What's the next move? Um, so it's always having that, like, you know, not swearing at someone because they cut you off in traffic, rather just be like, no, oh, he cut me off in traffic. I'll just wait. Really, it's, it's always little things that aren't going to ruin your day. Mm. Like if people had a bit more of like a stoic outlook on life, read a bit more Ryan Holiday and, and Marcus Aurelius, all the boys, mm. the world would be a better place. Yeah, and it's like it's not saying that things are not like it's not discounting issues that you might have. And it's not saying like you can't react emotionally or have an, like have an emotional response. But when it comes to your actions, you can take the emotion out of it and react logically and be logical. Like emotion is a thing, like you are allowed to have it. Um, this actually circles back to the thinking fast and slow, but our emotion is how is our, it's our instinct. It's our initial reaction. Um, and it's the kind of like, it's like that mental anguish when things don't go your right way. And that's okay to have that, but reacting like that and putting that into the, out into the world, as opposed to being like, get, taking a second, be like, okay, this didn't go my way. How am I going to, uh, how am I going to make it go my way? How am I going to move on to the next thing? How am I going to make sure that this issue doesn't become the worst thing that's ever happened to me? Yeah. Well, it's like, like you'll be emotional in a situation as well, but, like you were saying, like how you react is kind of how people will perceive you as well. Mm. Like if you don't react to whatever the situation is straight away, and you maybe take a, take a few seconds or take take a minute or two to think about it, and then react like a fucking grown up, like yeah. someone who has control of their emotions and it doesn't react based on instinct and and kind of and almost like just fear and fucking like just raw emotion. Like you actually think through how your own reaction to the situation in front of you is going to impact said situation. More people did that, fuck the world would probably be a better place. Yeah, but like you mentioned, Sorry. you mentioned how people get so emotional about when the smallest things don't go their way. And I think a lot of the time that comes from people have never been out of their really soft bubble. Like they've never really been in, what we would class as maybe a bit of a struggle or a bit of a hard time where like duress. yeah they've never been under duress like people have spent their whole life especially nowadays being babied our generation are fucking notorious for it because we grew, we're the first generation to properly grow like on the internet like in online circles to to a large degree so you get people who are like now in their mid-20s maybe late to mid-20s definitely early 20s mm. who so disconnected from how the world really fucking works and how human beings should actually properly interact with each other face to face that everything becomes outrage and everything becomes the worst thing in the world and that if you if you fucking see a tweet from someone that they it's an idea that they that popped into their head for three seconds while they were taking a shite and it could have been fucking 15 years ago 
Exactly. And you break that down as this 140 character tweet, I think it is, defines this entire person and their whole thought process and their like who they are as an individual. Like and you get outraged at that. It's like you've not spent too much time in the real world in any sort of maybe tricky situation or dealing with any sort of hardship or any sort of struggle. Like fuck, I remember when I when I first left the army, it took a while to get used to dealing with people who hadn't been in that environment because you just you're you're in this environment where people are very blunt, very direct. There's there's no kind of when people talk to you, there's very little kind of people how you're gonna feel about what they say. They're gonna say what they need to say, and then it's up to you to react maturely and then deal with that information that is then provided to you. Whereas people like when I then left the army, like you're dealing with people who react on emotion a lot of the time. People are soft cocks. Yeah, like, you know, I, I find myself in situations like Jesus Christ, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be part of this conversation because yeah, it's I um, can't deal with these people. Chris Williamson, uh, see, I got it right that time. Um, you did. He he sh- he sh- he speaks about this a couple of times, and he shared it on his like um like blog post, like, like three things from the blog, the newsletter, or whatever that he posts on Instagram, and it's like the um. <clears throat> the issue the like the level of issue will rise to the level of comfort that you're in or something like that so when when times are easy the uh threshold for what is an issue goes down so smaller things become an issue so if you are reacting in that emotional way and you have grown up in this time when you haven't felt anything hard like part of the reason we do the hard shit that we do like the fucking iron man's joining the army like running ultra marathon is so that we can get a feeling of what it's like to go through some something somewhat hard and experience some pain and have i mean like when we're doing that like that run we had no other option but to keep running and i think that that really took the like that helped us understand how to take to like react in a way of all right let's just figure out how we're going to get through this you know Let's just go, you know, I'll just got to keep running. I'll get to this point. I'll rest. I'll have some water. I'll move on to the next point. As opposed to being like, oh, this sucks. Like, I don't want to do this. I'm out. Yeah. Like, I think you mentioned that, like, we didn't have any options. It's like, we definitely could have stopped at, at any time. Like, I'd probably disagree at that point. But <laughs> what did what did stopping mean? Like, stopping means that, like, oh, you've set yourself this challenge and you failed and kind of like, at the end of the day, all it did was hurt. I don't think anyone would have judged us for not finishing. No, and and we would have, but no one else. Yeah, would. that that's it. It would have been no one would have cared because you're like, oh, you gave it a crack. Well, fair play to you, but realistically, it just hurt. Mm. Like it was, it was hard to keep going mentally because it fucking hurt a lot. But we weren't gonna like we're running around Sydney. We weren't going to die. Like we weren't in a life and life or death situation. True. Maybe could have eaten a bit more myself while I was doing it to fuel myself better. But more that's, that's the lesson we learned. But like, at the end, it wasn't a life or death situation. The worst thing that would have happened was it hurt a bit. Could have stopped, and it would have maybe dented our ego a little bit. And that's it. <laughs> all right, but, we'll, we'll move on. It I feel all the better for it. <laughs> we'll move on. Um, we could talk about, I think we could do an entire podcast on that. Uh, number five, you probably have heard this one before because I've seen it do the rounds on, it, like there's an uh, there's an or, a 
audio for like real and reels and TikToks that's done the round. So people put highlights of them training in the gym to the, to the guy talking about this. <laughs> One of my favorite things to watch. Each Nissan goal. Oh fuck! Number four is goal, and number five is Roku. So this is Roku. Sorry. Go back to your Japanese lessons, would you? Ikigai. So the concept of Ikigai, which is know your uh, reason. I've heard, yeah, I've heard yeah. it. Know your reason for being. Define the reason you get up in the morning. Make it something you are good at, passionate about it, and that the world needs. This is meaning. Say less. Yeah, yeah, I mean, getting out of bed is and going to work is so much easier when you give a fuck about what you want to do. Yeah. Well, you know your purpose. Yeah. Like if you know why you're doing something and you and you believe in what you're doing, the task at hand becomes a hell of a lot easier. Like you said, mm. like if we if we look at it from a training point of view, like if you're just training for, like if you go like I think we said it last week, like oh I go to the gym because I think I I know I should go to the gym. Someone told not, me I should. Yeah, someone yeah my doctor told me I should. I just I saw online that I should. I just I know I should go to the gym, but you don't kind of like there's nothing beyond that kind of top layer of oh I, I kind of should go to the gym maybe you don't identify as as someone who, who's fit or healthy who, who wants to go to the gym or you don't identify as someone who wants to better themselves if there isn't that kind of like deeper down purpose going to the gym becomes a fucking hell of a lot harder yeah and i think it's as well like i mean even from a i think from like a work perspective like i don't consider myself a morning person. I don't like getting up early. I like to sleep in. I like to spend time in my bed. That is just who, that is part of my identity and that's what yeah. I enjoy. So when I have a day off, that is what I do. I enjoy my sleep. I make the most of it. Sometimes I'll have clients be like, oh, you know, I don't know how you do it. Like, I don't know how you get up early in the morning. And it's like, well, because I like, this is what I do. And I like, I know that p- getting up early is a price I have to pay for being a trainer because realistically that's when people train. Yeah. Very hard to be a trainer that works in the hours between nine to five because most people are also working and not exercising at the gym. So part of our existence as trainers is that we have to, is that we get up early. Now I like I, I get up early, like my alarm's pretty early most days, like definitely Monday to Friday. Um, and people are like, oh, I don't know how you do it. Like, it must, is it hard? I'm like, no, not really because, you know, this is I – I care about this. I'm passionate about it. I believe in it. I think I'm helping make the world or at least some people's worlds a better place by getting up early in the morning. That's just a price I have to pay. But I, it makes it easier to roll out of bed knowing that I'm going to do something that I give a fuck about. Nah, absolutely. And I think on the opposite to you, like, while I – I don't find it the easiest thing in the world to get up in the morning. I love being awake early. So I would class myself as a morning person in that sense. But I find that like the reason, the reason for that is because I enjoy, like I enjoy being up early. Like it's who I am as a person. Like whether, whether it's, especially when it comes to work wise, like that, like, I mean, I feel like that's my purpose in life. If we want to go, go down that route is to, Oh, I just love helping people. Fuck off to India then. I like getting paid for helping people. Mm. I, won't, I won't say that I don't, but I couldn't see. I, I couldn't see myself, even though I like being up early. I like being up early for two reasons. I like being up early to do stuff that I want to do, 
whether that's like in going for for a swim at sunrise or just being being up to watch a sunrise or just fucking being up and kind of before everyone else and i like getting up early to do the job that i love to do yeah and like you said it make it makes it easier when you're getting like in this oh excuse me had a little bit it makes it easier in the context of getting up early when you like when it is who you are. Mm. Well, I mean, it's like, part of your identity. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, what? Part of your identity. So, you, like, if you make your purpose and your identity like a lot, if you can align them, um, it'll yeah, things will be a lot easier. I believe the word you're looking for is symbiosis. She has symbiosis between your identity and your purpose. I believe it's pronounced symbiosis. I. I think you can pronounce either way, Robbie. So, fuck yeah. yourself. That was rude. <laughs> that, that that sounded like an emotional reaction. I was questioning my pronunciation of a word that could be pronounced symbiosis or symbiosis. Do Do you realize that to to me, you sound funny, I sound normal. That's yeah. your accent. But that was like that wasn't even just you pronouncing it with an accent. That was just you mispronounced it. It's like me it saying you can pronounce it either way. It's like me saying aluminum. But see, the reason Americans say aluminum is because they spell it differently. No, they don't. It's not just an accent thing. They just pronounce it differently. It was. It's not an accent. It's a pronunciation. Anyway, that's no, no, I'm, no. It, it's a pronunciation because they spell it different. Though. I don't think they do. They do, yeah. I, I really don't think they do. I'm gonna Google up. Google up. What the fuck? I'm gonna make <laughs> absolute Google right now. I will uh, give it to you if I'm wrong, but I'm very aluminium. The way we say it is A L U M I N I U M. Yeah, aluminium. Aluminium. Because you don't get a choice. It's an element. Like, it's not like color or like it's. I think it is, though. I don't know, but what I'm saying is they shouldn't have a choice in how they spell it because then they just. No, they they shouldn't. Right. It it just keeps giving me the spelling for uh, aluminium. But I think there's an extra I in aluminium. Which, my phone's in Australia. So maybe it's Australian spell. Anyway, it's beyond the point. Let's move on to the next one. Do, why does America spell aluminium differently? Adopted aluminum. Oh, okay. Sorry. You're right. I, I know I'm fucking right. But there's one. Yeah, they, they say A-L-U-M-I-N-U-M. All right. I'll concede that point. My apologies, everyone. Um Sorry. Number six, and I'm saying still, six. the Americans are still wrong. It's aluminium. Yeah. Uh, shikita ga nai, accept and let go. This is what I just did. Uh, some things simply aren't within our control. Accept what you cannot change and move on. I think that one's fairly straightforward. Like, if you have no, you can only control, or you can only yeah, you react can. to what's it within your control, and you can control how you react. Like. No, what fuck? You can only control what you can control, and uh, it's like event, uh, event plus uh, reaction equals outcome. E plus R equals O. So I know, I know what I was trying to say. You might not be able to control the outcome of something, but you can control how you react to that outcome. Mm. And your your reaction to an like an outcome will affect the further outcome. Mm. Um, I think it's just yeah, it's 
uh, definitely something that when, in my F45 days when I was a bit brainwashed, it was something that popped up a lot because I think it was actually part of the brainwashing was to, it was to hammer in that everything was our fault. Um, but yeah, the idea of like, like it's just. The, was that, was that an official company line or that just happened to be the, the individual franchisee owner? That was the individual franchisee owner. Yeah. Um, uh, don't go to fame and fucking f45 <laughs> no sorry that wasn't f45's fault um but we were told that we were an elite team and i was like no we're not um yeah i mean we can only control like yeah yeah you can't change like if shit happens like if there is if you're you're stuck in traffic because there was a car crash ahead of you you can't change the fact whether or not there's traffic so being upset about the fact that there is traffic is not, not going to change the traffic yeah um but if you remain calm and you're like oh look it is what it is. Nothing I can do. I can only, I can only sit here until it clears and I yeah. get to move on. If you'll there's another, you feel a lot better about yourself. You won't be stressed to the tits. Exactly. I mean, literally, this happened to me yesterday. I got stuck in mad traffic. Tried to take a different route. Route didn't pull it off. Went ah, you fucked that, Robbie. Got back into the traffic and just sat there listening to music and vibing. And I was like, you know what? I actually don't mind this. I'm just having a vibe. I get some time where I don't. I think time to yourself as well. Yeah, because I think. Uh, I mean, in this specific situation, there's you feel that guilt by not working when you're when I get home. So this kind of gave me that time to breathe without feeling the guilt of not working. Yeah, Shikita, Shikita Ganai. All right, this the last four are kind of combined into one. So there's one concept which is all three of them, and then it goes into each individual one. Does that make sense? I mean, I'm hoping it'll make more sense when you read it out. Yeah. So there's seven is one concept and yeah. it involves three more concepts, which are eight, nine, and 10. So we'll go look at seven because this is the way the post has done it. And then we'll go into eight, nine, and 10. So we'll break it up. Okay. Make sense? Shu, yeah. ha, ri. So shu is one, ha is another, and ri is the last one. So uh, there's a quote by a Chinese guy. Um when the student this is the Japanese episode, I'll have no quotes by Chinese fellas. <laughs> when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. When the student is truly ready, the teacher will disappear. So it's a way of thinking about how to learn and master a technique. And there are three stages to acquiring knowledge. Can you, can you say that again? When the student is ready, the teacher, the will, teacher appear. will appear. When the student, when is, the student is truly ready, the teacher, the teacher will, disappear. will disappear. So it's the idea mm-hmm. that like when you're That's ready. Quite profound. Yeah, when you're ready to learn, the person who that you will learn from will be there. And it's not necessarily that they just appear out of nowhere. It's like you actually make the connection that that person is going to teach you. Like so you start, yeah, you'll start to see them as a teacher as opposed to just, yeah. So if, you're, if we were not ready to launch an on- online business, we would not have seen Matt, Matt Peacock as a potential mentor. When we were at a point where we were ready to launch an online business, all of a sudden Matt became a mentor for us. Yeah. When we are truly ready, so when we get to the point where we are fucking killing it, we Matt will no longer be at the point where he is a mentor. He will start becoming a friend. That makes sense? That does. I like that we have like a, we actually have a real world analogy for it because it does make it, it does help it make more sense. Mm. I think a good one. I mean, for like, like in kind of a almost switching roles for us. Like, if someone has goes, I'm, I think I am in need of a personal trainer. The student is now ready. We come into it as a personal trainer or a coach. We coach them, and then eventually, if we do our job right, they should get to the point where they don't actually need us anymore. And at that point we will disappear. 
Based on this episode, I'm going to start marketing myself as fucking Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Miyagi. Is your, is your big grow the fucking tail ends of me mustache into like a proper Fu Manchu? Put the mic a little bit further away from your mouth, mate. <laughs> is it really loud? Yeah. You're like, um, Yeah, so do that and then just do it's Mr. Mr. Miyagi and Pit Vipers. You know I'm going to defend it. Mr. Miyandi. <laughs> oh my God, if that is not the name of your business tomorrow, I'm not your friend anymore. <laughs> Mr. Miyandi. And it's just you. And it's, you, you don't even like get, the, get me a picture of Mr. Miyagi and then Photoshop your face with the Fu Manchu and Pit Vipers on onto his body. And that is your logo. And that is your also your Instagram DP. It's everything you fucking do. And if you <laughs> at what, some point post something and don't say at the end, Mr. Miyagi, and do this emoji, they're like hands fucking. Uh, yeah, we're no longer friends. This podcast is over. You're, you're putting a lot of faith in my graphic design skills. I am. Dude, we're Canva kings now. Like, look at our Canva. 12 months ago and then look at us now we've got yeah, yeah i 12 months ago i watermarked my logo and you couldn't read what i typed nowadays fucking killing it so there you go so now we're going to look at each individual part of the shoe heart and re so shoe yeah. is learn the basics by following the teaching of one master imitating the work of great masters also falls in this stage so it's kind of like that idea of um like you learn like learning from one person initially so to get a basic understanding of a concept be taught that concept by one person yeah i mean like if if we use say ourselves as the example again um in terms of hiring business a business mentor every in the, or most individual mentors will have different ways of doing things mm. and if we were to say obviously we we listen to matt because he's our mentor I don't go and see, you see fucking so many so many blogs on Instagram who do the same thing that Matt does, and Matt like Matt will have his way of doing things and they'll have their way of doing things. But if you try and like pick up on every little thing that you see, you're you're almost you're spinning too many plates and you're coming at you might be coming at an issue from too many different angles that they don't make sense and they conflict with each other. Yeah, and you end up rather than being learning one technique. You, and getting one technique, you get re, you get kind of shit at a lot of techniques. Yeah, like and then and you, you end up in the same place. You end up learning mm-hmm. nothing, going nowhere. Yeah, exactly. Um, a good a good quote for that is the jack of all trades quote, which actually the full quote is jack of all trades, master of none. So it's kind of the idea of being like get good at one thing before you start getting good at other things. And in this idea, it's learn from one person who's going to teach you how to do it this way before you start going and reaching and grabbing other people all the time. Don't grab all the people. It's frowned upon. So is masturbating on an airplane. Yep, don't do that either. (laughs) Um, Ha. So the next one is ha, as in H-A. Start experimenting, learn from masters, and integrate the the learning into practice. So this is when you actually start having a crack on your own. Fucking do you told. (laughs) Sorry from that. So it's it, it's like it's moving on to the point where like obviously um, again if we're following on the the analogy of us with uh, MP like to the point where someone like a 
a, like a Dave, for instance, is starting to kind of like try his own stuff. Or like a Blair is a really good example as well. Um, hopefully we'll get him on the podcast sometime in the future so you guys will get to meet him. But he's kind of someone that we both look up to as well as our mentor because he has kind of things that he does his own way and he'll try his own stuff um, and experiment d- with different techniques um, to to make almost like create his own brand, like to create his yeah. own way of doing things. Um, like well, another Sorry, I was going to say another example is like me obviously doing coaching with Dave, like he's my coach, like a lot of what I have learned has come from him. And if you looked at the way I program for my clients, you will see a lot of Dave coming through there. But then what you also start to see is me starting to try my own ways. No, I'm not making anything up. I'm just kind of like doing it a bit differently you'll start to see me implement stuff that i might see from matt walsh i might see from matt duncan i might see from you i might see from luke lehman like other people that i've obviously learned from so i'm like there's the time where you you learn from one person get good at what they know how to do and then you start looking at other people and integrating and experimenting with different stuff to create your own style almost yeah well it's like the analogy that luke used when we um when we did the muscle nerd seminar was like you you stand on the on the shoulders of giants like hmm. you learn from the people who came before you and then you take that and expand on the learnings and like you will have like you learn from more than one person like hmm. like you kind of alluded to there over your over your career over your lifetime and you kind of you stand on their shoulders and then you kind of put your own your own spin on it or your learnings from these different people you put them together and maybe create your own style of training or not mm. style of training, but like your own way of doing things, your own process. And then eventually you'll get to the point that someone else does the exact same thing to you. Mm. Like you'll have someone that learns from you eventually that then goes on to do the same thing. And they will obviously learn from you, but they'll learn from other people as well. And then they'll stand on your shoulders and so on mm. and so forth. And that's how like over time we end up knowing more now about training than they knew 70 years ago. Yeah. And yeah. some people are like, oh, but Arnold did it. It's like, yes, but they didn't, like, they knew a certain amount and that worked for them. We know a fucking lot more now. And they also pumped a large amount of testosterone. Yeah. And, and trained for like four hours a day and that's all they did with their life. Yeah. yeah. They didn't, they didn't work in finances. No. And they didn't, fucking, they didn't, have they didn't just, think piss on the weekend. No. They ate, didn't, didn't get a bag. Yeah. Which we now know that just eating eggs is not that good for you because the protein, Bang for buck is not that great. So, little tip there. Uh, the last one here. Eggs are yummy though. They are yummy. I'm not saying don't eat them. I'm just saying don't eat 15. What's your favorite way of cooking eggs? You're not going to like. I think we've discussed this. You're not. Oh, yeah, you're a scramble, aren't you? I like scrambled. Scrambled is easy. You bang yeah, some easy. pepper on it. But, I mean, you're not cooking. Someone else is cooking for you. You can just whatever egg you want, whatever way. Are you still going scrambled? Like, take the convenience out of it. Um, if I'm, if I'm having like a big breakfast, you know, like bacon, toast, eggs, obviously hash brown, sausages, that kind of thing, I'm probably actually going to go down the scrambled route. If I'm doing like a smashed avo or like something more that style, I'm where it's not just separate ingredients put next to each other on a plate. It's actually a whole meal. I'll probably, uh, go poached with a drippy center. Yeah, look, I, I can understand understand the thinking behind that. I personally am poached all all day long. No, no ifs or buts. I'm a poached egg man. I'm, I do love an eggs Benedict. I get around yeah. it hard. 
I can only do like some places do a good hollandaise sauce, though. Not everywhere does. Yeah, so right. It, yeah. it, it could be hit and miss, which is why I'd rather go. Yeah. Um, avocado, salmon, and, and poached eggs. I'm, I'm sure, yeah. Pretty sure we've had this discussion. On we, this we have, and we've had it on the podcast. We've gone full circle. <laughs> um, so our 10th and final concept, um, which is the final one of the like the learning, how to learn, uh, this uh, re, so R-I, re, uh, this stage focuses on innovation and adapting the learning to different situations. So as we said, we started to like integrate previously. This is when you're going full send. This is my way of doing things. Um, that, that's almost the standing on the shoulders of the Giants part. That's the very, ver- you climbed all the way up, you've climbed up their shoulders and now you're full stand up. You, you're standing nice and tall as opposed to the way you put that the bottle in your mouth was weird. Um, as <laughs> Clip that. Um, uh, as, yeah, as opposed to, uh, yeah, like you start doing, it starts becoming your style. An example I can use, um, obviously we learn uh, a lot and are educated by, have been educated by Luke Lehman. And he did spend a lot of time working for the Poliquin Group. So um, that was just uh, it was a group of um, educators um, of, around uh, training and sort of how to get strong and fit and that kind of stuff. So he worked for this famous group, and then he left the group for whatever reason, and then has now made his own group. So now he's do- he's at the repart because he's doing his own stuff and he's innovating and being his own book. Yeah. Well, he he was one Sh- Charles Poliquin's. Protege, fuck me. He was one of Charles' protégés, protégés like before Charles passed away. I think Which, there was there was a gap there, but <laughs> yeah, there was, there was a gap. But like, I mean, yeah, like he not, was. There's only like a, a handful of people who were in the position that Luke was in to learn directly from Charles. Yeah, like on a daily basis, not just like oh, I went to a Pollockan seminar. No, yeah. no, I was. Well, he was—he learned from Charles, and then he went and, and taught it. So, but yeah. the point being that, like, he was—he's gone from being in a position where he learnt, ju- learnt from Charles, to then going to start to integrating what other masters in their field have taught, to then creating his own way of doing things. He innovated. Yeah. Also, as well, like he—he he would have gotten to a point in terms of like knowledge and understanding where, having learned from Charles for so long, he would have been able to question him as well, because. No one is 100% correct about every single topic they ever discuss. And there's always more than one way of doing things as well, which mm. I think is a mad concept when you really think about it like that. You could be someone's kind of mentee for so long and they get you to a certain level where you then become their equal and can actually question and debate and, and bounce ideas off. Like the, the ceiling for kind of learning regardless of whatever field it is is so so high that it is like I, you'll never get to that ceiling because there's always more to know yeah and i and think that's you- pretty cool and, th- and that excites me when it comes to to health and fitness and, and and the industry we find ourselves in because as good as we get we will never know absolutely everything and there's always more we can learn from different people mm-hmm. in different with different kind of areas of expertise or different backgrounds whether they come from different sports or they come from just a different style of training or a different way of doing things, or they've just been educated by different people to us. There's always more we can know. And there's always, there's always routes to learn more and avenues to, to continue to better ourselves and better the service that we offer and the knowledge that we have. And I think that's pretty cool. And that excites me. 
and our lovely listeners can take that as a metaphor for life. Exactly, yeah. How to be less of a shit cunt, keep becoming less of a shit cunt. Yeah. It's also a reason to keep listening to this podcast. Yeah, that's it. Keep listening to Andy and Robbie. And eventually you may not be a shit cunt. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the plan. I mean, the, the continuous search for not being a shit cunt. Yeah, every episode we do, I feel a little bit like a little bit less of a shit cunt, which is nice. Yeah, well, I mean, I feel like we get a little bit better every time we do an episode. Yeah, I mean, I figured out this fucking remote um, podcasting software fairly quickly, which that that task would have seemed like a greater undertaking had I had to do it maybe twenty weeks ago. Yeah, but now. After episode 20, it's kind of like, all right, well, it had to be done because we didn't have access to our studio, which, to be honest, this has been, this takes up much less time out of our day as well, which is very it nice. Does. It's taken up the exact amount of time that it's taken to record it as opposed to. Yeah, plus they're just kind of oh, sending you the invite. Also, so long. Oh my God. Sending yeah, me an email. Fuck. Exactly. Yeah. It didn't have to, no chance of a parking fine and as well. Parking. Really? Uh, we parked illegally most of the time we were there and we did not get a single ticket. It's not illegal. You just overstay your park. <laughs> no, Sorry. my point being that, like, we we never got a ticket is my point. Yeah, which was good. Um, that would have been really shit. Imagine coming back from, like, a three-hour podcast. You're tired. You're ready to go home. And then fucking... 120 bucks. Yeah, Is that what it is for a parking ticket? Yeah, it's like... Oh, it might actually be more. It used to be 117, but it might be 127 now. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to speed and fine. Huh? I'm going to speed and fine a few weeks ago. Ah, oh, rookie. So you touch wood. I've been doing well recently. Oh, I did run a red. So I was in a school zone and I was like two minutes, two the minutes before it became not a school zone. And I drive that way so often from work to Bronte. Wait, but I, I never I, drive I, when it's a school zone. I always drive like midday. Is it the road? Is it uh, Cleveland is it, Street between South Darling and South Darling and Anzac Parade? I think it's when I when you turn from Cleveland Street onto Anzac Parade, it's still a school zone. I think that's where I was. So there is so between South Darling and Anzac Parade on Cleveland Street, um, it's where Sydney Boys and Sydney Girls High is. Yeah, that's and where I was. Somewhere that is, it is notorious for speeding fines. A because of the school zone. And B, because when you turn off Anzac, uh, um, Anzac Parade onto uh, Cleveland, the speed limit sign is behind a tree and you're on, you, your speed limit is 60 on Anzac Parade and it's 50 on Cleveland and you're just going down at, 50 th- at 60 thinking like this is fine and then you get done going 60 in a 50 zone. Um, yeah, it was either on Cleveland Street before I turned on the Anzac Parade, but I think as well when you if you're going up Cleveland and you turn left onto Anzac Parade, that is a school zone as well because I think based on the picture would be because it's a, it is the school does go it's, around it's, it's, on, it's on that block. Yeah, but yeah, so you're, I think it was on Anzac Parade. But that it is that's I got true. fine two hundred and ten dollars. Yeah, well, that's there is a, I know for a fact that there is a camera on Cleveland. And that is a notorious one. So if, you don't, if you're not from Sydney, you don't know this. It's a notorious spot where people get done. Me and my brother both got our both got our first pot, uh, speeding fines in the exact same place. And it was cute. There. Yeah, it is. It was there. I was in someone else's car as well. 
Oh, like as in you were driving someone else's car? Or? I was, I'd, my friend had loaned me his work ute that had the company um, oh, uh, no. car to go and pick up a bed. Um, and so I was coming back and got done. So if you're in a company car, the fine is four times it. Oh, fuck. But if um, if you, the company can then um, say that the fine was X person and then it goes to a normal speeding fine. It's oh, just, yeah. So it's if the company is like, it was this bloke, the per, uh, then it's less. So essentially it gives like, if someone's driving a company car and they're they're low on demerit points. It essentially gives them a little bit. Of, it's this. It's to stop companies from protecting employees from uh, from demerit points. From demerit points. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Mm, well, we're now at twelve. We've done yeah, all right. We have done all right. I think um, on the on the Sydney on the New South Wales speeding fine situation. I think we'll leave it there, Robbie. Yeah, it seems like a on that bombshell, uh, we yeah. might wrap it up. As good a spot as any. Yeah, well, um, thank you, everyone, for listening and making it this far. Slightly different way of doing it. I, I must say I enjoyed that because I yeah. I didn't have to do anything to prepare. I didn't need to know it from coming in. And it was uh, it got me thinking <laughs> on my feet on a Friday evening, which is never a bad thing. After a couple of schooners. Yeah. And a, and a Guava Cruiser. And a Guava Cruiser. Sugar-free yeah. Guava Cruiser. Yeah, well, I mean, it kind of, it does, often when we're recording, it does take my entire Friday evening out, but, um, yeah, or Friday afternoon. So it is good. Um, and I can, once we stop recording, I'm in the comfort of my own home. Exactly. You don't have to drive home. You don't have to go back to fucking work and train. You've done done that already. You trained at quite a nice gym today, actually. I did. I trained at, um, it's called like the, the, the official name is like the Sports Club of Sydney, I believe. It's in the is it in the Allianz Arena? The new so it's it's like connected to Allianz Stadium. So like it is physically connected to it, like underground. Um, so one of the gates to Allianz Stadium is actually next to the door into the um this area. But it's like um, it's really cool because it's got uh it's got an indoor pool, it's got an outdoor pool, um, it's got a steam room, a a spa, a cold plunge pool, saunas, um. Uh, it's got like mind body, so like yoga type stuff, um, like classes, a spin room, um, and then it's got downstairs. It's got like a proper weights room, and then upstairs it's got like a cardio room. But then outside the cardio room, there's an outdoor balcony um, that's got like some more like it's got like functional equipment, but it's got like um, squat racks and barbells and a couple of benches and kettlebells and shit. You like put that up in your story. That's why I was like, where the fuck does this come? From? Yeah, so I've got I got a couple of videos squatting as well. So it's pretty cool that you're like yeah, you're like out in the sun. You're in the shadow of you can like you're in the shadow of the stadium, but you can also see like the SCG as well. Um, so yeah, it's a pretty cool spot. So I was lucky enough to go in there as a guest today and had a good time. Did it? Sounds quite like that that I'm going to train up. Um, Byron, it's like new Ooh. and it's like how they have a gym area. What? How fucking expensive is? <laughs> have you looked at how much? Oh, I've, oh yeah, no. I have. I haven't seen how much it is for a day pass, but a week pass is like seventy bucks. Ah, that's not too bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like, so they have their gym, but I think they do like a lot of like they have a lot. They're really nice like studios for like Pilates and yoga, but they have like cold lunch bills. They have saunas. They have a steam room, and it just looks fucking cool. Yeah, and it, it, I mean, being in Byron Bay, it's obviously going to be more expensive. But if I can get a day pass there, I don't even really care about the training session while I'm in Byron. I just want to do one. 
Yeah, I just want to do a sauna on Glensville for the crack. I um, love it. Yeah, I mean, as a, a little segue there in terms of the cost of a day pass. So when I last time I was in Singapore to visit my dad, I went to the local fitness first um, and uh, inquired about a day pass. And I also did the same with the Virgin Active and the Anytime. And the Anytime, I didn't actually go into the Virgin Active, but the Anytime was actually a better gym than the Fitness First. I went into both. The Fitness First... A Not day great, but like any yeah. time yeah. The day pass for a fitness first was sixty bucks. Fuck off. Any time was twenty five, and uh, Virgin was eighty. Jesus Christ. Mm. Okay. So I was, yeah, I went. I think they were like, they were like, oh, you can do a session for free at any time. So I did a session for free, and then apart from that, I just ran and cycled with my dad and swam. Yeah. Um. Running in Singapore is fucking hot. Yeah, that's true as well. Was it humid or I don't know, I've never been in Singapore. So humid. I made the mistake of running in at midday. The first yeah, one I did. Even, even running in running in Sydney at midday is hot. Yeah. I ran on Tuesday it's from different. work. It's different. Running in Sydney, yeah. I run in like I've run I could run in Sydney now in the middle of the day. It'll be hot, it'll be sweaty, but it'll be manageable. I physically could not go even half the like even half as hard there as I could here, like middle of the day comparison. So it was pretty cooked. But then also it was March, so it was kind of getting cooler here, but it was still hot and humid there. Yeah, um, so you kind of, you've got like there's that contrast and that difference. Even, I ran at 5 o'clock in the morning or something like that, and it was fucking hot and sweaty. Yeah. So it's not just um, the uh, – it's not just like the, the sun. It's like the humidity is all yeah. – and you just drip. You're just – there's yeah. water going everywhere. Yeah. Speaking of running, I'm not sure if I've told you or not. I ran seven and a half k on Tuesday. Nice. Which I didn't run much in December because my knee was injured, and like every like if I'd run more than one and a half k, two k, it would flare up. Mm. Seven and a half k done. No knee pain. Happy nice. fucking day. Awesome. So we're back back in the tri- back on the triathlon train again. Finally, that's what we like to hear. Um, yeah. We'll t- Sixty k run. Terrible idea. Mid. Mid prep for a triathlon, but hey, it's done. Nothing we can do about it. We're just going to soldier on and deal deal with the consequences of our actions. Yeah. Alrighty, guys. I think that might just be us. This is. I think the yeah. rest of that was just us talking shit to each other. <laughs> Thank you for listening, though. Thank you for being a part of our twentieth episode and the first one not recorded at the uh, Wulara Art Gallery. So yeah, props. I think. Unless the audio quality for this is absolutely fucking shocking, I think this will be the way forward, Robbie. For a while, yeah, I'd say yeah. until we can get a a more us studio available. Yeah, this, this might be the go. And you know what, guys, if you enjoyed it, let us know because if you guys are like, yeah, it's sweet, well, we're not going to fuck around. We're going to keep it the way it is. Yeah, but um, we'll leave it there. Thank you for listening to uh, to episode twenty and every episode before because obviously you've more than likely listened to more than one and if it's your first one i hope you enjoyed it um yeah don't forget to like and share and save and fucking do everything that you can on follow us on instagram yeah follow us on instagram at better blogs podcast uh five stars out of five on spotify whatever you're right yeah apple we still on amazon yeah still on amazon yeah all righty guys yeah we'll see you next week see ya Take care.